When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Thoughts from a Page podcast, which is now a member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each episode I interview authors about their latest works and others in the book world about their roles, what those roles entail, and the books they love. This episode is a preview of one of my Patreon series, so listeners can learn more about becoming a page turner. Each month, I interview a bookseller from an independent bookstore somewhere in the United States. We chat about what makes the store unique, how they decide what to sell, what customers come in asking for, and what that particular bookseller recommends. I'm a huge indie bookstore proponent, and I love learning about these fabulous bookstores and how each store reflects and contributes to its individual community. For my Patreon group, I also have two other monthly series, one where I do a reading roundup from the previous month, highlighting what I liked, didn't like, and DNF'd. I also have a themed reading chat with two bookstagrammers where we chat all things books around a chosen topic. In addition to the monthly series, I add in extras, including one this week, a video chat with two wonderful authors, Chandler Baker, author of The Husbands, and Katie Russell Newland, author of A Season with Mom. We had a blast chatting, and I hope you will check it out. Next week, I will be posting a Patreon conversation with Elizabeth Barnhill, where we discuss book pairings. We chose sets of nonfiction and fiction books that pair well together and can be read in conjunction with each other. I would love for you to join my Patreon community. Today, I am interviewing Kim Bruton, owner of Intermission Bookshop in Brownwood, Texas. During World War II, the shop was a theater known as the Queen Theater. Open all night, soldiers would find rest here when hotels were all full. Fully renovated, the store is now home to gently used and new books. This is a space to find a new book to read, make new friends, and where real stories are shared. I loved learning about Intermission Bookshop, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Before we get started, I am really excited to tell you about my latest sponsor, The Young Center, here in Houston. The Young Center is delighted to present author and producer Delia Efron on October 5th at their 2021 Fall Benefit, Who's in Your Inbox?, Delia Efron talks about life, change, and the relationships that matter. You know Delia's work. With her sister Nora, she co-wrote You've Got Mail and co-produced Sleepless in Seattle. Delia's newest book, coming out in April, is Left on Fifth, A Second Chance at Life. In it, she describes her story of falling in love after the death of her husband and sister, being diagnosed with cancer, and living through it all with humor and grace. To register, go to younghouston.org and click on Delia Efron. I've included a link in the show notes. You will get $10 off your ticket when you write thoughts from a page in the notes. I am personally planning to attend online, and I hope to see you there as well. Welcome, Kim. How are you today? I'm great, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that you're here, and I'm really looking forward to speaking about Intermission Bookshop. Oh, thank you so much. Well, why don't we start out with you telling me a little bit about the bookstore and then the town that you're in? Okay. So Intermission Bookshop is a bookstore that is housed in what used to be a, an old movie theater here in our town. 
So I am in Bromwood, Texas. So we're right smack in the middle of Texas. Uh, this is where Camp Bowie was during World War II. So lots and lots of soldiers were here in this area. Our town is, is pretty small, but just in our little downtown area at that time, there were eight movie theaters. So it was a real kind of party town and there were even brothels and all kinds of craziness going on down here. But this particular building was home to the Queen Theater during that time. So when we purchased the building, it had been a teacher supply store and then later, most recently, shrub shop. And we had no idea really what was underneath the drop ceiling that was in here. It was very kind of a 60s retail space. And the outside was very nondescript. And we purchased it and really had no idea what it was going to be. My husband and I have some investment property downtown. We had recently purchased another building and that was basically condemned. It was in really bad shape and it had opened as a, as a tap house. And this building uh, that we're in, the intermission, is just around the corner from there. So often we would sit there and, and have a drink, look out and look at this building that was not one that I loved. And, but the location was absolutely perfect. And the more I looked at it, the more it kind of grew on me. I found out that they were going to be putting a, a Christmas tree in this little park that's right across the street from us the following month. And so we, we went ahead that November of 2019 and, and looked at the building and went ahead and purchased it then. So we did not know what it was going to be. We just knew that it wasn't going to be the way it looked. <laughs> it was it was not attractive at all. Contractors came in and just started tearing everything out. And when they did, it, it exposed on the walls. And they're basically profiles of where people used to sit when this was a movie theater during World War II. And they're just kind of these ghostly profiles. Um, you can see people's head marks. We've been told since that more than likely, these were from soldiers during that time that would come in and this theater would stay open late, sometimes even overnight, and they would come in and rest here. So there are actual head marks on the wall and these profiles of where they used to sit, which is just the coolest thing to me. That is very cool. So then how long did it take you to actually open it as a bookstore? And what was that process like to just start from the ground up? We opened August 29th on Independent Bookstore Day of the same year. So you opened in the heart of the pandemic. In the heart of the pandemic, yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, I know what it's like from talking. I mean, I've worked at independent bookstores before, and I know what it's like just to take over a bookstore that's already operating, but I'm not sure I've ever spoken to someone who's literally just started a bookstore. Did you just feel like it was this steepest learning curve? I have another business, and we... I, I just, I guess I'm not afraid of that, of, of the challenges. To me, it's uh, the, the nuts and bolts of running a business are kind of the same. It, you know, you've got your overhead, you've got, you know, all these things and you need, what do you need to break even? What does your cash flow look like? Those sorts of things. But in this particular space, it was just everything I tried to do of my own, I guess, fortitude or whatever just didn't pan out. It was during the pandemic, I thought opening that we would have a used bookstore, that that would be the best price point for our community. And, you know, that's, that's what I thought we would stick with. But as soon as we announced that it was a bookstore, 
books just started showing up. I would come home from work. There were books on my front porch. I would go to work. There were books there. We had a local nonprofit, Good Samaritan Ministries, that reached out to us. And everybody was at home cleaning out their houses and donating books to them. Ordinarily, they would have passed those books on to a sister nonprofit, but nobody was picking up. So they were just being overrun with books. So they called and asked that we just please come pick them up. So we were given literally thousands of books to start off with. So that was just such a gift. Uh, we had local artists come in that, you know, transformed the outside of our building. It just, it, it all came together. <laughs> Pretty much it has a life of its own and still does. What is your split between used books and new books? I would say 60% used, 40% new. And you're dealing with book reps from all the different publishing houses and ordering and learning to kind of to do all of that? Yes. And honestly, for the longest time, we just went through Ingram. Got it. Well, that makes sense because you were trying to just figure out what to do and how it was going to go. Yes. Well, can you tell me a little bit more about the building that you're in? Yes. So we we did take out that drop ceiling. So the, the ceiling itself is, gosh, I don't know, 10, 20, probably 30 feet tall. We have new wooden floors with new electricity underneath, but, but they're made to, to still look old. We have this, these huge beams, they're Douglas fir staircase going up. And we had a mezzanine built up there with bookshelves, but it's, it's pretty, pretty bold when you walk in and, and see that all of the ceiling, we just exposed, we exposed all of these themes. Uh, there has been multiple fires here in our building. So some of the timbers are charred and burnt. And we just, we highlighted all of that, put new lights up and, and really just highlighted all the flaws. And it's almost a sermon in and of itself because it's, it's so imperfect and, and kind of crazy, but also beautiful. There's even a toilet brush hanging on one side way up in the <laughs> way up that we just left. We uncovered that and, and there was a bathroom there. So huh, That's hilarious. Well, do you want to talk a little bit about what your day-to-day job entails? Okay. So for me, I do have Zoe that works with me and she's amazing. So she's doing a lot of the day-to-day interactions and checking people out and going through and restocking and things like that. I do the ordering and any of the special requests. We do have people wanting to rent the place out pretty often. And so we are kind of trying to figure out what that looks like as we go. Book clubs meeting and and what they can bring in and kind of our, um, I guess, expectation that they order books through us and and those sorts of things I'm handling on a day-to-day basis. Also, of course, just paying the bills and any kind of coordinating of events that are of things that are happening downtown is really what I'm doing. And then talking to people, that's that's a huge part of what we do. We're just we're talking to people and and uh you know, learning what's brought them in, if they're just passing through, or you know, a lot of the people I I know already from the community. So I bet they love having an indie bookstore in their town now. You know, I I think that they do. It it surprises me how many people don't even know what a bookstore is. I mean, I've just been shocked at that, especially the younger people come in and say, you know, what is this? Do you rent books? What do you do? 
Really? Oh, how interesting. Oh, that's fascinating to me. It's really shocked me. So you're like, no, you need to come in here and find new books that you love to read. Yeah, it's an actual bookstore. (laughs) What surprises you the most about the job? Maybe what you just said, but is there anything else? Uh, Yeah, you know, that that surprises me, but also just the overwhelming um, support that we get from our community. It really has just blown me away. Like our Havens unit that's here locally, which is kind of a, I guess, a step from going off and and transitioning back into the community after you've been in jail. They did a big, a big literacy drive and then donated all the books to us. Oh, that's nice. You know, and then there's also been lots of estates when people pass away, they want to give us their books, you know, especially ones of that are old and really great value. They they just want us to have and and display and to sell or, you know, use however we can. That's really blown me away. That's wonderful. And that's so nice to have the community support. It really is. Have you all experimented with different things? Like you mentioned a little bit like book clubs wanting to rent the space. Have you experimented with book clubs or book boxes or any of that kind of stuff yet? Or have you just been trying to kind of find your way since you're still dealing with the pandemic and you're only about a year old. Yeah. So we're definitely finding our way. There are so many authors reaching out and wanting to do things. And that's something I've kind of held off on. That's something that I I think we could really do a lot more with. And I'm hoping in the months to come that we can really focus there. But we do have several book clubs that do meet here. Uh, Jordan, one of our young ladies that worked in the summer, was doing the book readings for kids, and that was very popular. But we've had writers groups that meet upstairs. You know, they're more maybe a month at a time, but we've had several of those meet as well. And I think it sounds like you've sort of been reaching out to the community as well, because I think there's so many different things you can do to partner with different companies and different ideas like that to bring more people in as well. Yes. And our, you know, we do have a kind of a resurgence going on downtown in Brownwood. There's lots of uh, just momentum, lots of people wanting to get out of the bigger cities and moving here. So with that, they're bringing, you know, their small business ideas. And, and our our downtown is just prime for, for that. And there's definitely a revitalization push going on. So there's, the city is doing lots of little festivals. We just had a July jam live bands right across the street from us and food trucks and shutting down the roads. And, you know, there's new breweries and things opening and cocktail bars, wineries, things like that. So a lot of, a lot of momentum going on down here. That's wonderful because it's always amazing to me when we road trip a lot and when we drive and you'll go through one town that sounds like Brownwood, where there's definitely a revitalization going on and a lot happening. And then you'll drive through another town where there's probably nothing open in the original downtown. And it's always curious to me why one is going so well and the other isn't. But I guess it's the people and the maybe the government of the particular town as they're trying to make sure their town remains viable and a place people want to visit. Absolutely. Well, what about any funny bookstore stories? Well, let's see. Funny bookstore stories. I don't know how funny they are, but we've just got lots of great Great things. Like we had um, this one gentleman come in and reach out. He used to work here when he was a teenager. He was the projectionist when it was the movie theater. So he came in and gave it, shared with us pictures of when he worked here. 
and shared a story with us about his cousin being at watching a movie and and running up and banging on the projection room door and saying, oh my gosh, Johnny, I just met the, you know, the woman I'm going to marry and spend the rest of my life with. And he said, well, what's her name? And he said, I don't know, ran back and got her name, you know, came back and, and then they were married 50 years, you know, but he was able to walk us through and say, this is where the projection room would have been. This is where the bathroom was. This No, there was an extra set of stairs here, things that we, you know, had speculated about, but but didn't really know. And he was able to fill in those gaps for us. And that was just, just priceless. You know, he's got to be 90 years old and just so much history. And it's really cool. That is so cool. I think it's really interesting when buildings can be repurposed, especially older buildings like that, that have quite a history. And once you kind of peel back, some of the layers are really pretty. Yes, it is. And it just goes, you know, it it just flows the whole intermission being a pause, being a break in your day. You know, people, I think, really appreciate that and come in and just just want to hang out with us. But the building itself is very special. We have a kind of a tunnel of books. So so even prom pictures, you know, the building is just it's got a lot of great places for photo opportunities. We had literally all these Prom kids lined out the door waiting to come in and get their pictures taken on our stairway. Or we have this awesome ladder that was fashioned the way they would have in the 1800s where it dovetails into itself and they would get up on that. We have these older couches and and furniture around and it just it makes great, great pictures. I love that. We had a gentleman that had been engaged for 28 years and came in and proposed to his now wife here and had all the family here because she loves books. And that was really special. We've had, let's see, a gentleman just a couple of weeks ago is from Oklahoma and he and his wife would visit his mom here and it was their anniversary. And he came in and uh, made plans with us to bring her here that evening after we closed and surprise her with a steak dinner and they had the place to themselves. So that was really cool. I love all of that. And you guys have a lot of the photos of your store on your website, correct? And I know on your Instagram account, you also post pictures a fair amount, but you have on your website, a lot of the photos that would show the ladder you were talking about in the staircase and some of that. Absolutely. Okay, great. Because I think people will enjoy seeing that. Well, what do people come in asking for in Brownwood? Like what books are popular right now? Well, let's see. The Matthew McConaughey book is still, Green Lights is still really popular. People are coming in for that. We sell probably 65% kids books. So any of the books, How to Catch a Mermaid. There's a book by James Wade, um, All Things Left Wild. It's kind of a Western. He's from Austin. And, and I've kind of been pushing that one. That one's really good. What do you and your staff recommend regularly right now? Like, what are your favorites to try to hand sell to people? Um, probably my favorite kids book right now is Maybe by Kobe Yamada. And it's not new, but it's just beautiful. The illustrations in it are great. And it's all about celebrating, you know, the individual child. And maybe you're here for, you know, to brighten someone's day. Or maybe, you know, it just goes on and on that way. But it's just beautiful. Um, I really also like What the Road Said by Cleo Wade, which is another children's book, just about, you know, the the windy turns we make on our way through life. There's a particular part in there that says, uh, you know, sometimes we make the wrong choice on the road, but it's on our, our way to the right place and, and things like that. So 
I love that. Atomic habits, things, things like that, that are kind of give people a sense of uh, control. I think right now is really big. Anything that can make you feel like you can <laughs> maybe have a little control in your days right now. Big. What about any other fiction for adults? Is there anything else that you recommend that people have bought and come back in and really enjoyed? You know, we have a whole display over um, books about books. So we have things, let's say, like, let's see, the last bookshop in Paris, the personal librarian, all of those, you know, bookish books are, are really big. We have a group of ladies that just love those. Kristen Hanna, of course, at Four Winds, that one it continues to be a big seller for us. I bet so with the Texas location for part of the story. Yes. And bless her heart. I, I had a hard time with that book. I just was like, enough with this poor lady. I know. It's so interesting. There have been such differing opinions on that. I loved it. And I don't normally like grim books very much, but I just thought it was so authentic. But some people are like, oh my gosh, this poor woman's life. And I'm like, I know, but that's what it must have been like. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for joining me today. It was interesting to hear the history of the Intermission Bookshop and how it all came about. And I just really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Kim Bruton of Intermission Bookshop. Please consider becoming a member of my Patreon community and having access to some of the other bonus episodes that I offer. If you have an independent bookstore near you that you love, please let me know. I'm trying to find a wide variety of bookstores in different places in the country, and I'd really appreciate the suggestion. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you liked this episode, and I hope you did, follow me on Instagram at Thoughts From a Page. Tell all of your friends about the podcast and rate it or subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I would really appreciate it. Thanks so much to my sponsors, The Young Center and Maggie Garza of HTX Real Estate Group for sponsoring this episode, and I hope you'll tune in next time. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast.